The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I am joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? It is going great, buddy. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. Um, <laughs> of all things considered. Um, well, yeah, uh, yeah. We usually do the okay. housekeeping stuff, but let, you know, let's, let's get right into it right away, because I think the listeners might notice my voice sounds a little different maybe i don't have a spring in my step so might as well just let people know what's going on i guess yeah this is a weird unprecedented show for us i know this is um i am sad to report and i'm i'm crushed by this personally of course my my mom probably the biggest fan of the break the business mm-hmm. podcast number one by supporter. far by far um she passed away Thursday morning, after a long bout with cancer, she had pancreatic cancer and stomach cancer. And while it's hard to see victory in cancer when it eventually does claim somebody's life, I would say my mom gave a very impressive and spirited fight. Uh, she hung on for several years after her diagnosis. Um, went through many rounds of chemo and radiation and went through them with flying colors because she was a very, very tough person. I I wouldn't even say she hung on. I would say, yeah, she was thriving. Yeah. You know? Um, No, yeah, there was no stronger lady than uh, one Susan Carella. Yeah. Tough, honest, uh, Irish Catholic uh, work ethic and everything. Absolutely great to all of her family. Considered me family. Yeah. I'll be forever grateful for her for that, bringing me in during... Uh, I had some bad times and everything, and she's like, yep, come on over for Thanksgiving, uh, whatever it is. She was always great to us, and a big-time supporter of this show. Oh, ours. huge. Uh, even when we had no other supporters but her, she was yep. there. And But it, it's interesting that you bring that up, because I think that's one of the most strangest things about all of this, is... After it happened, I got a lot of text messages, and of course, and, and they're the text messages you'd expect. You know, I'm sorry for your loss, my condolences, and they've all been very kind, and I'm thankful for it. But I've also been getting a surprising number of text messages from people who are not just offering condolences, but are seeking them as well because they saw her as as much of a mom to them as I did, and so right. they're all crushed too. And they don't know where to kind of direct their grief. But and, they're seeking. Well, yeah, they're, you know, because they're they're like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so sad, and I need, you know, they, they want somebody to talk to. They want to talk to the family as well. Like, she had a very strong presence in this community, and yeah. there's so many people whose life she made measurably and tangibly better mm-hmm. from her being in it. You know, there are people who she gave a place to stay to when they needed a place to stay or they gave, or she gave them money without no questions asked if they needed money. You know, there are people who are saying that I'm in college because of your mom or right. I have the job I have because of your mom, because she gave me a recommendation. She was infinitely selfless mm-hmm. and, you know, for better or for worse, as far as all of the listeners concerned, I am who I am today because mm-hmm. of her. <laughs> she also had a wicked sense of humor. Yeah. And definitely wouldn't go in for sort of like doldrummy, very sort of like uh, 
memorializing uh, sort of thing and just kind of like, you know, sad sack stuff. Yeah, Which not makes her think, style. Because people are going to listen to this now and think like, wait, are they going to start making jokes about this? Not really. But a part of me is thinking when you said like, oh, people are seeking condolences too. I, get, I, I picture someone calling you. It's like, hey, Ryan, um, I'm just calling because you're really not checking to see how I'm doing. Because, you know... <laughs> I feel like I'm getting some of that, actually. I mean, but yeah. it's like, you know, hey, maybe she was your mother, but, but why, are, why are you so selfish? You're not calling to check on me, okay? What about my feelings about your mom's death? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, sure, I have my parents and grandparents, and we're all very happy and healthy and have a hope. We just won the lottery, but why aren't you asking about me, Ryan? I think you're being very selfish. <laughs> but that's exactly the way she was for everybody. It's, yeah. it, it, it's, it's not a normal passing in that way, but... You're absolutely right that she would not want us. She really wouldn't want us to just mope around and be sad. No, she wants. Yeah. You know, she she would want jokes. I actually, you know, because when you when you told me like I came visit her in the hospital, I even sort of like you know to keep it light. I said like so you know because you know I mentioned the show. It's like so what do you want me to do? Do you want me to take it easy on your son now or go harder? And she goes harder. Yeah. So in that light, which. Now it's time for Dave's as-yet-untitled game show here on the Break the Business podcast. Here's Dave. Thanks, Dave. How's it going, Dave? Oh, great. Well, I mean, I'm I'm all right. I'm a little sad because my best friend isn't really, you know, seeing how I'm doing <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with this. Oh. But, you know, that's all right. So, uh, Susan, this is for you. Uh, uh, singing? B- by the way, I absolutely oh. love that... Like, because my mom did tell you this, I was there. Yeah, you heard it. And on her last day, she had very little strength left, but she used what little was of that strength to tell you exactly what you said—that she, you know, to continue being mean to me on the show because she enjoyed it. I mean, I don't call it mean. I think we we don't call it mean. We just call it. Um... So, I mean, do you want to explain to people what this mean game show is? It's not mean because we haven't done this in a while. Oh, we haven't done it in a while. It's a before and after with uh, movie titles. Yeah. There, that's it. Okay, and uh, if you want to know why the, the the title hasn't, that's the title. It's as yet untitled because I'm working on it. Screw you. <laughs> I've been working on it for two goddamn years. Yeah, it's my magnum opus. Eighty-one episodes still don't have a title for your game show. I, I some would someone argue successfully that it's a title <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> Ryan, yes, singing, check, giant desert serpents. Oh yeah, Michael Beck having no business with Gene Kelly. <laughs> Shock. Oh, great. These are all easy. No, they're not easy because listeners, if you, if you haven't heard this show, like if you just made it a regular before and after show where you have to string together two titles, it'd be one thing. But David always chooses these dinosaur movies because it's not about it being a real game. It's about me getting them wrong because it's impossible. And then everybody laughing at me. Oh, I get, OK. I'm sorry. I guess you want me to go against your mother's wishes. Wow. Good. <laughs> Aww. So terrible. Um, I wonder how your brother and, and uh, family listening to the show is going to take all this. Like, wow, they're they're oh, that's this is funny. They're like these two are completely disrespectful. We're just gonna we're we're done with them. We're done. No, because I think I mean I think they were there too. I guess they get when it, yeah. my mom they, gave this re- request. They this, get they get the show to quote one of our favorite mean request. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I have no idea. Can we? Get, can let, let me get one more shot. Give all it right. to me again. Singing check. Giant desert serpents. Oh yeah. Michael Beck having no business being with Gene Kelly. Shaw. I got, I got nothing. Xanadoon. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I get it wrong, we play this. Wrong. Stop, stop, stop explaining. 
<laughs> if they want to know, they'll download and listen to the back episodes. All 80, 80 past episodes? Uh, there are a lot more in the beginning part, but, you know. You <laughs> notice, Xana Dune, that's funny. You, you, you know, there's no previously on Gunsmoke and then 10 episodes to ex- catch everyone up on the previous 30 years. <laughs> of course, of course, your example is a dated reference to justify your game of dated references. Be quiet. Stephen King's first and only directorial outing combines all the terror of possessed machines and all the excitement of chauffeuring a senior citizen. Oh, okay. Okay, let me get it one more time. Stephen King's first and only directorial outing combines all the terror of possessed machines and all the excitement of chauffeuring a senior citizen. All right, so I got the back end of it, which is driving Miss Daisy, but... I can't think of a Stephen King movie that ends with driving. You know, something, something, driving Miss Daisy. But, or, or maybe it's just Drive. Like, did he, did he direct Mulholland Drive? Is this like Mulholland driving Miss Daisy? No. Oh, crap. Nor, nor did he direct the movie Drive. Wrong! Give up? Yeah. Maximum overdriving Miss Daisy. Oh, do I get half a point for getting the back end of it right? Hmm. Wrong. They asked the judges. The judges said no. Okay. John travels. Wait, sorry. Start over. John's travels home are waylaid by Brian Dennehy and Kumate, Kumate, Kumate. So easy. Everyone at home is yelling into their earbuds right now. Ryan, dude, it's so easy. It's what are they yelling? What's the last word that they're yelling? John's Travels Home are waylaid by Brian Dennehy and Kumate, Kumate, Kumate. You know what sucks is I was so close to getting that second one, and I knew that was going to be the only one I had a chance at because I have no idea what this is. Yeah, that's professional athletes, dude. They just dwell on the past. That's, that's, that's their way to move forward is dwelling on the past. <laughs> Wrong. What is it? Give up? Yeah. First blood sport. Oh, blood sport. John Rambo. Travels are waylaid by Brian Dennehy. He plays the sheriff in that small Oregon town. Bloodsport. Isn't that the karate movie? Yes, with uh, JCVD. With JCVD, yeah. Yeah. They say Kumite in that? Yeah, because that's what the tournament is called. It's the Kumite. Oh, I haven't seen Bloodsport in 25 years, 20 years. It's been a long time. I, I want to guess it's not 25 years because you weren't six when you saw it. I might have been. Uh, it's a different time, maybe. I'm, yeah. All right, so my, my mom sort of had a lax attitude on R-rated movies. All right, so that was a, a great uh, way to open the show. Uh, you were 0 for 3, so I feel I've done my duty. Well, good. Yeah, I feel so much better already. The grief is just lifting off my shoulders thanks to your act of kindness. Oh, my God, of um, course. <laughs> so my, I think yeah, my mom is amused, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, so... No, she's a swell lady, folks. Don't worry. She would like this. Yes, and... Uh, Lest you give us some sort of weird judgment from like, oh, I don't I don't agree with this. Mm-hmm. How I don't agree how they're handling their personal matter that I have no idea about. <laughs> I always love that from afar. It's like, I, I disagree. It's like, do you know any of the parties involved? Well, no. Oh, so shut up. Who's, who's that voice? Oh, I don't know. Just a person that it, likes to complain about things. Like ju- judgmental person from afar? Yes. I, I Frankly, I disagree. And I'm going to start a Twitter account and have four followers and follow 10 people and disagree with you. If you've noticed, those are the people that cause the most noise. They, you, they tend to be, yes. yes. And, you, you and click you'll on have their, an egg on Twitter, Yeah, right? they have an egg. You know why? Because <laughs> they're easily broken. Ooh. All right, so I got some entertainment law news this week. Oh, man. Oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. What? We got right into the sad stuff, and we never actually did the housekeeping. So. 
Are you serious? You got me all out of order. Yeah. So you can rate, review, and subscribe to the Break the Business podcast. <laughs> You're um, really doing this. You can do this on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Where can they follow you, Dave? At MetalDave85. Very good. You can like us at Facebook.com slash BreakTheBusiness and email us show questions, show topics, and if you want to yell at us for improperly handling our grief, you can direct all of that to BreakTheBusiness at gmail.com. You know who was one of the first people to give us a five-star review and, and glowing review on iTunes? It was her, yeah. It was your mom. Yeah. So I feel like maybe everyone out there should probably do the same as a tribute. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, really, if they really care. Really? This is how we're going to exploit the grief? I mean, you know, whatever. Is it? Our, I wouldn't call us the Pepsi of uh, podcasting. <laughs> okay, we're not having Kendall Jenner. We're not, we're not the Kendall Jenner. <laughs> yeah, of exploiting sad things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I think I'll come down to this little protest. We'll see what's going on here. So, our guest this week, uh, she's coming up in the next segment. Yes. Super excited to talk to Jessica Alossary. She's an indie folk artist from Ontario, Canada. She has a Ontario. Ontario. Yeah. Ontario. yeah. Ontario, Canada. She has a great song called I'll Let You Go, which is getting regular rotation right now on the Coffee House station on Sirius XM. And I listen to that station and that song all the time. So it was kind of cool mm. to I actually knew of the song before I thought to have her on as a guest. So yeah. it's going to be cool to sort of talk to her and just be like, hey, what's what was it like getting your song on Sirius? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I noticed you introduce people as indie artists. Yeah. Does that go without saying on this show? Well, we're, tr we're trying to play up the indie angle. Yeah, but I mean, you're never going to have, and now we have RCA-signed recording artists or Sony recording artists, so-and-so. It's like, no, they're going to be indie. I mean, yeah, but... I'm saying it's a redundancy that we should eliminate. Your redundancy! Wow, man, <gasps> that came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> you know what? I It's okay. I know, I know you're, it came from a, a darker place. You're going through something. I forgive you. I forgive you. <laughs> All right, so so she's on SiriusXM. That's cool. She's also written a, an article recently called "Why I Turned Down a Huge Tour," and so you should listen to the interview and find out why. How's that for a tease? Ooh, yeah. do, do we know who with? Um, what 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 tour she turned down? Yeah, um, we do, but people are gonna have to listen. To ooh, the they're gonna have to, ooh tease. All yeah, right. so I mean, granted, we don't really need to keep them around because they've already downloaded, so we already have credit for and the download. And they can fast forward. Yeah, but don't fast forward because we have some good stuff. Like you have to earn this this question being answered, listener. You have to like, sit through me talking about music business stuff, and then you can find out why Jessica Lossary turned down a huge tour. Like Private Ryan, they have to earn this. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, but she's coming up in the next segment. But first, you're going to be educated. Um, on this show, <laughs> I know. I just I, I had nowhere to go with my anger. It's yeah. Just, I, well, I, how about I we just had to torque it back? Get angry at public performance rights for sound records. That's right. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> or sound recordings. On this show. Oh wait, because is this entertainment oh. law oh, news? Yeah, go ahead. Why did you judge me? You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. This show has been ridiculous today. So Maybe our best yet. I know. I'm excited for this. On this show, we love to turn your attention to pieces of legislation that are currently going through Congress. We've done this before um, with other laws. And so uh, we talked about the Copyright Royalty Board a couple weeks ago. And I kind of like this, and I think the listeners do too, because they're always emailing me saying, hey, thanks for letting me know. I called my congressman and yeah. talked about this. So we may actually need to almost get a new segment, maybe like bring in some Jimmy Stewart, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington imagery. Yeah. Or like, like talk to your congressman. 
something like that, something from his uh, filibuster, his uh, long. It's uh, love thy neighbor. Yeah, and then uh, we'll have. Um, How's that for a dated reference? What's his What's his face? It's like, I tell everything that's bad said about me is true about graft and corruption. I, I surrender. So you got too deep into Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. None of our listeners know what that is. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington yeah. or just the end scene? Well, especially the end scene. Or at that point, Frank Capra's like, we've gone really long. We just got to end it. Yeah. Just just say, just say it's true and we'll go to credits. It, it was, it, I mean, first, God, are we really going to start talking about this movie nobody cares about? And that's, you know, a thousand years old. Yes. For as great as that movie was, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington had a terrible ending. Like, let's just say it. You know, the, the writer of that movie wrote himself into a corner and then just, you know, completely had yeah. a ridiculous ending. Plus a U.S. senator admitting to corruption and resigning. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, speaking of Congress, um, there are two pieces of legislation that are currently going through Congress and both could benefit indie artists. And unlike most stuff that is going through Congress, these actually have a real chance of passing under the current Congress and administration. They both have bipartisan report. Support, man, bipartisan support, and they but they could still benefit from your support. And so, you know, if you want to get under the phones, call your congressman, this might be something good to do. So both of these laws concern the same issue, which is getting people who make music more money when the songs are played, when their songs are played on the radio. We don't want to get more money in your pocket. And so here's the issue. All right. So on ter- terrestrial radio, the kind of radio that plays on your cars mm-hmm. when you're driving to work, good old FM. Um musicians how are musicians paid so not well not well (laughs) much basically if the answer is how are musicians paid in anything the answer is not well all right (laughs) legitimate clams (laughs) so it's (laughs) clams yeah so it's and it's particularly bad with terrestrial radio so here's what happens um when songs are played on the radio um, those are public performances. Mm-hmm. So they're the the money is you know royal radio stations pay royalties to ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC, who then pay artists whenever their songs played on the radio. Every time you get a song played on the radio, you make a tiny piece of money, and if your songs played a lot, you can make a lot of money. Here's the problem. Um, as we've talked about before on this podcast, there are two copyrights in every recording. Right? Mm-hmm. There is the owner of the musical composition, the actual song that was you know, written. And then there is the recording, Mm -hmm. the recorded version of that song. And those song, those copyrights are owned by different folks. The musical composition is owned by the songwriter and the publishing company. The recording is owned by usually the artist who recorded it, but usually it's a record company. Mm -hmm. The artist is owned by label. So the issue is when a artist's, when a song is played on the radio, only one of those copyright holders gets paid. Because there is a public performance right, which is the right that gets implicated when you play a song on the radio, there is a public performance right for musical compositions, Mm -hmm. but there is no public performance right for sound recordings. So a radio station can play a recording on the air Mm -hmm. and only has to pay the songwriters, doesn't have to pay the owner of the recording, whether it's the label or the artist, Mm -hmm. anything. Hmm. You get to play, you get to use those rights for absolutely free. And since rate and yeah, so this has been a big problem for a long time. And basically it's a product of an antiquated legal structure. One that sort of was written before musical recordings were really a thing that Mm -hmm. made a lot of money and big radio stations have 
basically been able to fatten themselves up for years and mm -hmm. ex by exploiting recordings that they haven't had to pay for. And so there's been fights in Congress for many years to fix this, to create a public performance royalty for owners of sound recordings. So that if you're an artist who records a song and it's played on the radio, or you're a label that owns this recording, these people should be paid so that essentially artists can get paid as well. And so we've got two pieces of legislation that are in the pipeline right now that could use your support as an artist because it could mean re revenue streams for you if we can get a public performance royalty. The first is the Fair Play, Fair Pay Act. It's sponsored by a Democratic New York congressman named Gerald Nadler. I'm not sure I got that name right, but um, you can y'all can look it Would up. Would it be Gerald? Maybe. Here's the, pro here's the problem. How's okay? it spelled? J, right? Oh, okay. J-E-R-R-O-L-D. So it's either Gerald or Gerald. Oh. Yeah. The J's kind of a curveball, huh? Yeah. See, right now there's some people in some like New York district. They're like, how can you not know the name of our congressman? Blah, 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 blah. You know who's mad? Is Wait, he's the senator? No, he's a congressman. Oh, congressman. I'm sorry. That's a senator. I'm like, wait, I feel like that's a guy. I feel like you, you feel. Yeah. You feel like yeah. You, you would know him, right? Yeah. Um, no, the senators from New York, of course, are Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand. Nice. Look at me. Yeah. yeah. Former New York resident. Yeah, exactly. So, but basically what this law would do, the Fair Play, Fair Pack, which has been through multiple Congress uh -huh. to Congresses, they've been trying to get this done for years, and it would create a public performance royalty for sound recordings, the same way that there's a public performance royalty for music composition, so that both owners of a something that gets played on the radio can get paid. The, count, the reason why this law has never been able to pass in previous years is that big radio stations have always made the argument, or radio stations in general, have always made the argument mm -hmm. that if you create this performance royalty, you're going to put all the mom-and-pop radio stations out of business. All the, all the little single stations that are playing in some little podunk area, they're, they're not going to be able to afford these royalties, so they're going to be all gone. And that's always kind of succeeded, is the big radio mm -hmm. stations have always been able to use the little guy radio stations as a way to keep them from paying this royalty. This is, is Clear Channel saying this? This is like iHeartRadio. Bingo. Those guys. Yeah. That's always been their argument. So, But finally, the Fair Play, Fair Pay Act people figured this out and said, all right, we're going to call you on your bluff. We're, as part of this legislation, royalties, stations that are doing less than a million dollars in business only have to pay a maximum royalty of $500. Ah. So we are protecting the little guys but still making you big stations pay some money. Doesn't Clear Channel and those guys anyway don't want the little guys? Their whole point has been getting rid of the little guys. Well, of course they want the little guys out of business. Yeah. But, but they want to use them to keep this law from existing. Yeah. I mean, how many little guys are there? I, mean, I know you probably don't have the data in front of you right now. Well, it's, it's gotten very consolidated, yes. Yeah. But, you know, they're thinking of college radio stations, for example. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's one example of little guy stations. But then again, we all think, at least our experience with college radio is such... We don't have to worry about that because they never play anything good anyway that has any sort of worthwhile value. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, oh, I'm making okay, fun this, of the college radio, former sorry. college radio DJ over this is, here. This is my opinion, not Ryan's. I love college radio. Our college radio station sucks. What? How dare you? Oh, my God. How dare you? Oh, they were playing crap upon crap. You know that. And the funniest, the funniest moment on that, our, that station's history was when you hosted an ill-advised live call-in debate show. Oh, God. Are you going to bring this up during the show? I thought it was funny that someone called you a slur on air. Oh, my. No, it was so bad. Okay, now we have to talk about this. Thanks. 
sorry. now we have to bring up a shit. Uh, on the day where I have to be I'm, hard on you, I'm, I'm going through legitimate grief. You're now be going to bring up one of the greatest moments of shame in my life. It was hilarious, and I think you recognize oh, that. God, it was so bad. So I, you're right. It was ill-advised. For some reason, I thought it would be a good idea to be the co-host of a political debate show. Uh, this is uh, fall 2004. Thanks. Yeah. No, it was not fall. We were freshmen then. Weren't you? Fall 05, man. Was it? Oh, because oh, it was already after the presidential yeah, election. As if the year matters. But Okay, fine. So we have this, you know, I had this political debate show, and the person I was opposite on this show, like I was supposed to be the left of center person, and the person who was right of center was way right of center. Uh-huh. But anyway. She was interesting. We had this, so we're doing this political debate show. It lasted three episodes <laughs> <laughs> because I was not cut out for this kind of show because I was all like, let's try to create consensus and let's have a good nature debate. And yeah. she's all like, I'm Sean Hannity. Let's fight. Yeah, she was practicing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you know, she could be like one of these Fox News people right now. She was very good at this. And I was way too like, I don't think you should have yeah. that position. Well, maybe you'll see her at uh, CPAC with your buddies. That's right, with all my CPAC <laughs> friends, because I'm always talking about CPAC yeah. on this show. But anyway, I can't believe you're getting in the way of me talking about this important piece of legislation. But anyway, so it. we do a show about gay rights, and it gets out of hand because she's making some very, very strong, you know, not pro-gay positions. <laughs> and... I guess she's riling up and, and of course, opposing them. And I'm, she starts riling up people listening because we have a call-in feature where people could call in on the show mm-hmm. and you know ask questions or give their positions. The problem was we were this little podunk radio station and we didn't have a delay. Yep. And just so... And I guess we just sort of assumed that we were some little radio station and nobody would be stupid yeah. enough to cuss on the air. College kids are going to be smart about this. Yeah. So anyway... We take a caller. Is who, it the first one? No. No. We got about three or four callers in. And like th- third or fourth caller yeah. just calls in and says to me, you're a bleeping queer, except not the bleeping. Use yeah. the, like, which was weird. Um, I mean, I assumed it was directed at me. Because oh, no, it was I, at you. Because, yeah, you. I, I wasn't saying the things that, you know, would yeah. have made this person upset. And, I mean, I'm, I'm straight. Which was, you know, an interesting part of this, but oh, he didn't care. But yeah, like the person who was the producer in the little producer room, like runs around the room like her hair is on fire, and I just sort of had to politely just cut them off and bring on the next caller. But it was a big mess. Uh, I got into a lot of trouble. The, you know, there were some folks at the gay rights student group who were not too happy and were gonna make things hell for the station as they had every right to. Mm-hmm. And the GM of the station is just like, so Ryan, maybe you should uh, you go back to being a music DJ. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's a fantastic idea. So that was a fun little side note. Yeah, thanks. Sorry. So hey, it, it, it paints the picture of your of your history. Yeah. <laughs> I remember then you came back to the room. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah. to the show that was yeah. insane that was yeah that was the worst day of my life so and that says something considering recent events but yeah um so that's the first piece of legislation fair play fair pay act it can get so if you're a musician that owns your own sound recordings as you should if you're not signed to a label this can make you some money you should want this to happen so that's one piece of legislation mm-hmm. here's another approach all right this is another piece of legislation that's out there called the Promote Act. This is from uh, Representative Daryl Issa from California. 
Oh, uh, yeah, that guy, Issa. Yeah. Is it, God, I'm, I'm getting Darryl all the Issa. congressman names wrong. But he's, he's more well-known. He's outspoken. Okay, Daryl Issa, Republican from California, and Ted Deutsch, I believe, Democrat from Florida. And this legislation is interesting. It takes a different approach. Basically, what this legislation would do is say that, look, radio stations, you've always argued that we shouldn't have a public performance royalty because it would hurt artists because it would deprive them of getting exposure. That's always been their argument. Like, look, this is about exposure. This isn't about making them money. And so (laughs) what what the Promote Act says is, okay, radio stations, we're going to call you on your bluff. Our law will continue to allow you to pay no performance royalties to owners of music, of sound recordings, but if you don't pay the performance royalty, the owners of those sound recordings have the right to pull their recordings from being played on the radio. That way... The artists who legitimately think that exposure is good enough will stay, but the artists who want to get paid can basically pull their stuff unless you pay So them. it's artist choice? Basically. So it's a radio voucher program? It, 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 that's right. Well, <laughs> our, Betsy DeVos is here. That's great. Um, Don't you ever compare me. <laughs> so um, it would. So what's likely going to happen is that it's supposed to be a choice act, but what I would imagine is going to happen is since mm-hmm. the major labels own the vast majority of sound recordings, they're going to basically take their giant catalog as leverage and say to the stations, pay us or we're pulling all of this stuff from the radio. I mean, and is, you're going to end up with a royalty. Is the majority anyway. of the performance rights holders anyway going to be the record companies at this point? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say terrestrial radio, like if you're talking about top 40 radio, all that stuff is label artists. So it's this so. weird sort of thing of like, Actually, technically, right now they're actually they make less money as it is. But what's the difference now between this and satellite? Uh, Sirius XM. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, depending on the setting, uh, they they actually do have a public performance royalty already. So okay. this is terrestrial radio. So they there already are outlined uh, rules and regulations. Absolutely. Yes. There 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 is e- even a entity called Sound Exchange, which handles public performance royalties for like internet radio. Where there already is a public performance right for sound so, recordings. So both so both uh, rights holders are already being paid on yeah. satellite radio. So like they can't argue that this is going to lead to the destruction of music because so again, there's already yeah. stations who have to do this. So this is basically big big radio, like the clear channels of the world, correct? The country basically is just going to correct. Okay, and exactly right. And and it's now gotten to the point where both Democrats and Republicans realize that this is stupid, and this shouldn't be allowed to exist anymore. And so now they're changing it. It looks like. And there's actually a part of me that thinks this might be a boon for indie artists because you could imagine a scenario where all the all the all the big name artists start pulling their music because they can't do the sound recording. And that maybe means that there may be more opportunities for indie artists who are willing to maybe take a smaller royalty. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I don't know because I don't listen to terrestrial radio anymore. Well, that's also the thing, isn't it? Is that you know most most young people are like, well, I get everything's from Spotify now, but yeah. but. It is cool, and even though radio is fading, mm-hmm. you know it's still the primary means of music discovery for most people, and the idea that artists can start to get paid more for their songs being used on the radio mm-hmm. is ultimately a good thing. And so we're hoping that this legislation goes through, and it could certainly use the help of you out there, artists. So again, that's the Fair Play, Fair Pay Act, and the Promote Act. Uh, get your congressman on the phone. Jessica Lossary up next on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. 
The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. She is an Ontario-based indie folk artist who writes regularly about her music career on her blog, thelovelyindie.com. She will be touring the U.S. this year doing a series of house concerts, and you can find dates and locations at thelovelyindie.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Alossary is on the Break the Business podcast. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for being on with us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. I first had the opportunity to hear your music when I was in my car a few months back, and I heard your song, I'll Let You Go, on Sirius XM Radio on the way to work, and it was marvelous. I think I hit repeat three or four times on it. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got on Sirius Radio in July, um, and that's and I had been working to get on Sirius Radio for several years before then, but finally I had a song that kind of stuck with the radio hosts and, and they said, we're going to give this a shot. And, um, you know, here we are now in, oh my gosh, April, it's almost been a year. And last year I ended up winning best song 2016 on the coffee house, which is amazing. And I ended up winning the best new artist discovery as well. So a lot of good things have come from serious radio and getting my song on there. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so I'm just curious, uh, take us to the moment when you first heard your song on Sirius XM. What was that like for you? Well, I, as I mentioned, I'd been trying to get on Sirius for a while and uh, did, did get a lot of rejection. You know, that's it comes with being a musician. You got to kind of get used to it. Um, but I thought, you know, I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. And when I followed up with the, um, the radio host, I, I said, so what do you think? Like, do you, I sent them a couple songs, a couple options. And I said, what do you think? Do you like, are you, you going to maybe spin them a couple times, give them a try? And they said, well, we are considering I'll let you go. And I said, okay, well, that's good news. It's not yeah. a rejection. And then surely enough, within a week, my cousin tagged a picture of me on Facebook and said, um, she tagged a picture of my name on Sirius radio in her car. And she said, you're on the radio. <laughs> And oh my gosh, when I saw that post, I was in shock. Like, of course I cried. I was just like, it was such a moment for me. It, it's, it was just, it was another, you know, step over the hill. So, so you, didn't even, you didn't even know it was going to be played for sure. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I was hoping, but I didn't know. And then, yeah, within a week, my cousin tagged me and then people started tagging me and people started Put, uh, sending me messages on Facebook and on my website saying, I just heard your song, I'll let you go, and I downloaded it on iTunes immediately. It, you know, it's so touching. So, like, I've been getting a tremendous amount of feedback from the listeners. A lot of people are saying, like, I had to pull over and wipe tears from my face when I was driving after hearing that song. So, um, yeah, nothing but support. It's been amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful song, and it's a testament to 
one of the most important qualities that any successful indie musician has to have, which is persistence. <laughs> and you, yes. you oh had it in gosh. spades, thankfully. So in addition to being a fantastic musician, you also write great articles on your blog, thelovelyindie.com. And earlier this month, you wrote an article that has been widely circulated, that has documented a frustrating experience you had recently that is unfortunately an all-too-common occurrence for indie musicians. The article was entitled, Why I Turned Down a Huge Tour. Why did you turn down a huge tour? Well, um, gosh, (laughs) it's a long story, but basically to sum it up, um, two really famous folk artists that I, that I was really big fan of for many years. I can't tell you who it is because I don't want to get sued, but, um, I was approached by them to open 26 show dates in the U S uh, on their tour in the summer. And I said, Oh my gosh, like what an honor this is. Of course I will. I was talking back and forth to the booking agent and the manager and um, then a couple emails later, then they said, oh, by the way, um, no compensation. No. So you won't be getting paid for your your performances. And I said, really? Like, okay, well, I mean, I'm like, well, people are buying tickets to the shows. But I said, you know what? I, I actually can't turn this down. Like, as long as my expenses are paid, I can handle this. Like, I'll learn a lot. It'll be an amazing learning experience. I'm still going to do it. And then... That's not even the worst part. And then the and then the next email came, and then they said, "Oh, and by the way, if you want a spot on the tour and on the tour bus, uh, you have to pay us a thousand five hundred dollars per week for five weeks." Oh, come on! So and I, and I love how they were like, "Oh, by the way," emails as if like they were telling you, "Oh, we we're only going to have Skittles and not M and M's at the craft oh. services table." Oh, by the way, we're not paying you, and you have to pay us. I actually oh. was. I was so beside myself. I was like, I was heartbroken. I was, I, I, I couldn't believe that this happens. And you know what? I, most people don't know this. Like this is the industry, but I think a lot of people don't know this. And, and although, um, I know this does happen all too often, but at the same time, it, a lot of times it doesn't happen. Like a lot of openers will get compensated, paid, or at least their expenses will be covered. And, and even if it does happen all the time, it shouldn't, it should not happen all the time. So I decided like, I, I was so upset that immediately after I turned it down, I just, I wrote and I wrote and I wrote wrote the article that ended up being posted on my blog because I couldn't, that was the only way for me to kind of process what was happening and just accept it for what it is and let it go, you know? So I wrote, and then a few days later, I, I posted it, and um, the response was overwhelming from supporters, like other musicians, um, all my fans, and again, everyone was really shocked, including myself. Um, but I, I thought I can't, I can't be silent about this because this should not be the case. We, we can, we as musicians, we can't let this happen, and. Um, I believe it has been bringing a lot of, of awareness about how broken the industry is. And I'm really happy. I'm really glad that I wrote it. And I'm glad that it's out there and that people are reading it. And uh, and also that other artists are standing up for themselves when they are in the situation. You're absolutely right. And, you know, when I say that other musicians have gone through this, I think your situation is kind of that on steroids, though, because it wasn't just 
we're paying you an exposure. It's we want you to pay us for exposure. Yeah. Pay and, to play, basically. Yeah. So they said, you know, you can come with us, but you have to pay for the tour. And then also you have to play for free. And I'm like, but everyone else is literally getting paid except me. Like the bus drivers, the people selling merchandise, the, um, the sound and light crew, the managers, the booking agent. Everyone is getting paid except me who has to pay $7,500 plus food. Well, here's what I like about what you did, Jessica, because not only did you stick to your guns and, you know, not allow yourself to be exploited this way, but what you have done in the instead is find a way to do touring on your own terms and make it work for you. Uh, Right now, you actually have a uh, starting in June of this year, you're going to be doing your own tour, touring the country, doing house concerts. Uh, Can you talk about some of the advantages to you? for doing a house concert tour as opposed to a more conventional tour of clubs and arenas and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there is so many good things about being doing house concerts. And I first got the idea actually from Shannon Curtis. I'm sure you know of her or a lot of your listeners will, um, who really promotes house concerts. And she uh, has had a lot of success on her own house concert tours across the states and she wrote a book called um it was something oh man i don't there's no book or no bouncer no uh something else but it's about her about how she made like twenty eight thousand dollars on a on a four month or a three month tour wow. um, and house concerts and so i was really inspired i bought the book i was really inspired by that and i said um i started reaching out to my audience and asking if they would be interested in hosting and just collecting email addresses of people that are interested to learn more about hosting and and possibly host a show themselves. And now I have a list of almost 40 people. Um, I understand that not everyone is able to host a show on this tour coming up, but my goal is to get 40 shows. And and so I've, I've been just booking as I go now and um, I've got about 15 shows locked down uh, a lot more shows kind of in the works, just re- waiting to hash out the dates and stuff. But the reason why I'm choosing to do a house concert tour is because there's no better way, really. Like, this is the best possible way, especially if you are like a soloist, singer-songwriter, which is what I am. I don't need to have a big space because I am a, I'm a, you know, my sound is very raw, and I actually prefer to perform in smaller spaces, intimate spaces where I can connect with each and every person in the room. And house concerts just allow you to do that so easily. Everyone is comfortable sitting in comfortable chairs. They're surrounded by people that they love. And it's just a night of beautiful songs. I can share my stories during my sets, like how, why I wrote the song, what happened to me in, in my music career, how I got to where I am. And, and everybody is so respectful. So compared to playing shows at cafes where you're convincing the owner to pay you money to play and then trying to get random strangers to come to your show in a city that you've never been to, it doesn't work. In this scenario, you have people that are huge fans of yours who have never met you, but they want to meet you. They want to show you their hospitality. So they, they say, yes, I'll, I'll secure this date. They bring a minimum of 30 people, friends, neighbors, family, and they tell their people to bring, please bring a cash donation for the show. 
And then I come in, I set up my merchandise table, and we have some food, we mingle, and then the show starts, about an hour. And um, I share my stories, I share my struggles, I share my music, my voice, my songs. And then by the end, people want to donate to you, they want to see you succeed, they want to buy your merchandise. And then in the, the next time you come to the city, they want to host a house concert. So then you know the next time that you're on tour, you have two or three shows in that city again. So you're building you're building a fan base a lot slower, but you are creating super fans. Right. And you're it's creating stronger fans fan that, base. Yeah, like that they love you and they just want they they love you as much as your family does. They just want to see you succeed and they're behind you. They're they're like your tribe. Now that's and, it's amazing. It's really amazing. It's, it's very exciting. A common theme that we talk about on this podcast a lot for musicians in the new music industry, it's not so much about the quantity of fans, but the quality of fans you have. You know, those people who are willing not just to buy your, you know, buy one record of yours, but to support you in a number of ways, including hosting house concerts for you. And this house concert tour sounds like a fantastic way to start building and continuing to build that tribe for yourself. A little bit of information, folks. Uh, Jessica's house concert tour will start in New York State, move down the East Coast, head over to California, and then east through the middle of the U.S. And Jessica, I know you're still planning some aspects of your tour now, so for other artists who are who are intrigued by what you're doing and are considering doing something similar, do you have any tips for them on planning a tour like this effectively? Start collecting email addresses right away. Put something on your website that says house concerts and, and have a form where someone can fill out to contact you or a, an opt-in, like a lead, lead pages, lead box or something where they can sign up to be a house concert host so that when the time comes and you're ready to go on tour, you can have a big list of people to reach out to and say, listen, I'm planning a tour in this area at this time. I'm looking for house concert hosts. Are you still interested? Can we... Uh, choose a date. So getting emails is like, the, it should be your number one priority right now. So laying the foundation for a house concert tour is not something you can do overnight. You can't just wake up and say, I'm going to do a house concert tour for you. <laughs> no. it, it means a lot of, you know, laying the groundwork and building an interested fan base over a yeah. long period of time. And then, you know, once you start planning, it's like, I mean, my emails are not stopping. It's like, <laughs> it's, I'm trying to coordinate all these schedules at you know, I'm trying to coordinate 40 schedules into a four month tour and it's literally across the country. So again, I'm not sure how it's going to go. I hope that I, I managed to be able to, uh, to, to, to reach all the people that want to host. Um, I have had to turn down a couple because they were just too far off route. But other than that, yeah, it takes months for sure. Like I planted the seed, um, last year, like last, I don't know, um, September probably saying that I might want to start doing house concerts and started collecting emails and, uh, got some photos of my own house concerts around the city, started putting the photos up. And only now, like I'm really starting to reach out to people and saying, okay, this is happening. Let's do this. Uh, June, July, August, September. What date can you, can you choose? Well. So yeah, it takes a while. That's for sure. Well, so for those of us in the U S of a Jessica Lossary is crossing the border and is going to uh, do a bunch of house concerts here in the U.S. and I want to pique everyone's interest, Jessica, because I, you know, for because she's gonna probably be coming to a place near you, and I want people to get excited about this. So I, um, I would love to be able to play 
I'll let you go right here on the podcast, the song that I fell in love with on Sirius XM Radio, and I know people are going to love it too. I hope you love it. I hope everyone loves it. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Get here... your tissues ready. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, it's, it's such a powerful song. All right, so this is I'll Let You Go here on the Break the Business Podcast. day has come to let you go only happiness I will show I'll always be here for you you know nothing takes away my love and it shows you've grown up now things have changed grew some wings now you're flying away i'll always be here for you you know nothing takes away my love and it shows yeah nothing takes away my love when i let you go You're my baby Always will be That was I'll Let You Go by Jessica Alossary here on the Break the Business podcast. 
Jessica, I know you're still open to adding a few extra dates to your house concert tours. Do you want to tell listeners how they can add to you, add their house to your tour if they're interested? Yeah, so you can go on to my website, thelovelyindie.com. I have two places where you can add your name or opt in to uh, to be a house concert host. So you can go to thelovelyindie.com slash house-concerts, or you can go right on the homepage, and there's a big picture of a sunflower, and it says, house con- uh, it says U.S. Tour 2017. Click that, and then there's links in there for you to contact me on my contact form and reach out to me and uh, potentially host a uh, show in your home. Beautiful. And I know because, you know, this U.S. house concert tour isn't making you busy enough. You also have a crowdfunding campaign right around the corner, right? Yes, I do. And not only that, but I'm also in the middle of recording an album for that crowdfunding tour. So um, for the crowdfunding campaign. So basically, I'm just starting to record the album and I'll let you go. We'll be on it as along with nine other brand new songs. I can't wait to share them with the world. Um, But uh, like as other as everybody in the world knows, Recording an album is very expensive, so I'm looking to raise ten thousand dollars for uh, to help me pay for the album, the recording, and I'm going to be launching the campaign this week coming. So in a couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere on there. And um, which platform is it going to be? I chose Indiegogo. Great. Cool. So um, it's going to be on Indiegogo. Of course, I'm going to post stuff all over my website about it. I'm going to be sending out newsletters. It's going to be on Facebook. And I'm really hoping it's going to be a, a month-long campaign. Really, really hoping that I can get that 10000 to help me record and uh, get this album out there. Well, you have our podcast support. And... You know, you're going to have, you know, this tour is going to blow up. The crowdfunding campaign is going to be huge. You're going to be doing so many great things. I can only hope that in the next few months when you have had a chance to enjoy all of this great stuff, that you come back and tell us even more about it. Absolutely. I'd love to share my expertise after I do at least one tour and kind of share the the good things and the bad things and everything in between. Outstanding. You can check her out at thelovelyindie.com. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I'll see you soon. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry, available on Amazon.com. Ryan, tell the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, artists. that's fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Jessica Alossary for joining us in the previous segment. You can follow her on Twitter at jalossary, and you can check out her music and find out more about her U.S. house concert tour at her blog, thelovelyindie.com. She was wonderful. She was great. The Alociraptor. What? Isn't that her nickname? The Alociraptor. I mean, it's not, but... It- it should be. I, right? That's kind of, I mean, that's kind of amazing. Indie music with an edge. The Alociraptor. I hope she's listening right now, because that needs to become a thing for her, because that's great. The plus, Alociraptor. Yeah, plus, she said well, she's like based sort of like in Ontario, probably not too far from uh, Toronto. Yeah. The Toronto Raptors. Goes hand in hand. There you the go. The Alociraptor. The Alociraptor. I love that. Um, the Alociraptor was great, and so th- there was something I wanted to tell her. 
uh, about her song, I'll Let You Go, that made it kind of resonate to me. And I didn't have the guts to tell her because it's about my mom and I didn't want to bum her out. But the song I'll Let You Go, I was reading on her band camp, was about, uh, she actually, it was commissioned. Uh, somebody wanted to write a song, her to write a song that a, that him, the father, could play for his daughter on their wedding day. Uh-huh. So the song is I'll Let You Go, and it's like I'm letting you go to your husband and new life. Right, sort of out of the nest sort of thing. Yeah. Right, and so so that's what the I'll Let You Go is about, but, I mean, it sort of resonated with me because I think the I'll Let You Go can be, you know, death and... And I was yeah. reading through the comments on that song, and there were a lot of people saying the same thing. Like, I lost my mother, I lost my father to, you know, cancer or something, and this song was powerful for me. So I was like, oh, wow, I'm not alone in yeah. having that interpretation of the That's song. very nice. And very it was, beautiful. It was super powerful. So yeah. nicely done, Alasaraptor. Yeah. If only you didn't chicken out. I know, I so did. Well, because, I mean, I was afraid she would have been bummed out by it, and, and we had a nice interview going. I didn't want to, oh, sh- should I have? Are you saying I should have brought that up to her? Yes. Oh. It would have made the interview that much better. Oh, missed opportunity. Yep. All right. Anyway, um, let's do, oh, oh, I'm so excited. I love this segment. Live from the Brown Derby in Hollywood and Vine in sunny and beautiful Hollywood, California, it's Dave's Movie Minute. Come on in while we discuss motion pictures, stars, and all the goings-on around town. I love this R- imaging. Ryan, some of the goings-on around town include <laughs> death. That's right, Don. Oh. Don Rickles has died, Ryan. I believe the same day as your mother. That's actually true, Yes. Yes. Both hard-nosed people that spoke their mind. Yep, um, and, and were equally foul-mouthed. <laughs> Don't interrupt me, hockey puck. Oh, sorry. For all you out there, keen-eyed listeners, well, keen-eared listeners, the eyes have nothing to do with it on this That's show. podcast, yeah. That was Don Rickles' uh, signature insult, yes. calling people a hockey puck. Yes, it was. They even made it into Toy Story. Oh, that's right. We said, what are you looking at, hockey puck? And we panned and said, there's a hockey puck. Of course, that was lost on me as a kid and probably on all of us. Yeah. But wow, that's, that's absolutely right. Wow. Yep. The only man that could insult Frank Sinatra. Did he insult Frank Sinatra? Yes. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that was the thing. I'm sure your mother could have insulted Frank Sinatra, though. Probably. Your mom uh, went on the road to Janis Joplin. She did. Um, she was, I mean, just one of her many wonderful pieces of her legacy. She was an incredible singer and musician, and... How unfortunate that apparently that talent skips a generation. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Ryan, in honor of uh, his mother, has uh, queued up a uh, song that she uh, recorded for us right now. What? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He wasn't a good son. Never mind. Oh, you're such a jerk. Hey, remember. This is what she's going to do. This is, what, this is what mom wanted. That's fair. That's, so, yeah. <laughs> Other goings on, Ryan, include a remake of Dirty Dancing. No. On ABC. No. Uh, sort of a made-for-TV movie, but still. No. Yes, apparently it stars Abigail Breslin as Baby. As Baby, okay. She's, so She's 20 years old, going to be 21. Who's Patrick Swayze's character? Colt Pratt's. Who the hell is that? I don't know. No relation to Chris Pratt. I can't even find this dude's age, because I'm trying to figure out... I, I, don't, I don't remember really dirty... I, I, okay controversial or not okay dirty dancing is really not for that's not my movie that's not my thing it's not for you it's that's not my like sort of like defining 80s movie okay it's it's just just not my thing okay okay i get it he lives her that's fine (laughs) 
and you know there's an abortion and all this stuff and it's quite heavy and and Jerry Orbach's in there and is it Jer- yes Jerry Orbach not Sam Watterson that's right. it's not I'm glad you said it because I was going to say so you're, anyway you say the wrong Law and Order character yeah right. exactly um, also Nicole Scherzinger is in it she plays I guess Penny the original dance partner no oh, yeah of like Patch but I'm just thinking like well how is this what's going on here because she's 38. Scherzinger? Yeah. Really? Yeah, no, she looks great for her age. I was about to say, I would have never guessed 38. That is an upset. Yeah, but Abigail Breslin's 20. Right. This Colt Pratt dude, you can't find his age anywhere, because apparently ABC doesn't want you to know. <laughs> but it's like the weirdest thing. Like, why Why are they doing this? What, what just dirty dancing in general? Yeah. I, I don't know. I've never, I've never understood the appeal of it. I mean, I, I remember there was a, there was a family guy cutaway scene that, just embodies everything I never could understand about that movie and why it's so magical. Like where they show the cartoon Patrick Swayze saying to the, you know, Jerry Orbach father, nobody puts baby in a corner. And then Jerry Orbach says, wait, I do because I'm her father and she's 16. Right, how she's underage. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, how old are you? 38, 41. <laughs> and then the cops arrest Patrick Swayze and he ends up in jail and some guys like spooning yeah. him. And, and it's it. this is great. Cause According to the ABC press release, this reboot will shed more light on the supporting characters, including a new love interest for Sarah Hyland's character, Lisa, I guess, the, the, the sister of uh, the, the baby character. Yeah, Sarah But it's Hyland, like, yeah. okay, were people really scrambling for, you know, this, this dancing between uh, Jennifer, um, oh my God. Jennifer Gray. Jennifer 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 Gray. Yeah, Jennifer Gray. Jennifer Gray. Yeah, from Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah, the sister. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, Swayze and Gray. I get it. I'm 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 digging it. That's fine. She's becoming a woman. Yeah, you know, different side of the tracks. Romance. Well, you know, blah blah blah. Great dancing. Great numbers. Great songs. What's Jerry Orbach's story? What's going on with him? What's his day to day like? I want to get to know this guy. Okay, I don't. You know what's going to make me have the time of my life? Seeing this guy in the office, solving cases for the NYPD. Exactly. More Jerry Yorbach, less Swayze. That's, I think, what really everyone walked out of the theater thinking. That's what all the focus groups for that movie were saying. And darn it, if ABC, maybe some thirty years later, is like, "We hear you, guy. We're gonna do this for you." Oh my god! So that's that that little bit, and then Ryan, um, you, you got doing the voice. Okay, Ryan. And finally, <laughs> thank you. Speaking of, because uh, remember, death comes in threes. Ryan, rule yeah. of three. So we've got your mother, Don Rickles. Ryan, I'm glad that she's reached celebrity status for you. It's good. Yeah, well, of course, of course. Ryan, uh, Shia LaBeouf's latest film, Man Down. But it, it's sort of good news, bad news situation. Ryan, apparently. Yeah. He met the the movie managed to triple the number of admissions in Great Britain uh, about a week ago. Oh, that so- sounds like a big growth, right? Yes, they've tripled it from one to three <laughs> tickets. Yes, not millions of dollars tickets. One ticket to three <laughs> tickets. Really? Yes. <laughs> Apparently, no one's seeing this movie. And it's some sort of uh, U.S. Marine PTSD coming home from war sort of thing. And um, by the way, real, I, the accent's just coming in and out now and going all sorts of places. Yeah. I, I can't control it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking my meds. Uh, it also, lest you think like, wow, what obscure film is this? You know the co-stars of this film? Hmm. Kate Mara. 
Oh, from like House of Cards and yeah, and that crappy uh, final yeah. uh, Fantastic Four movie. Hopefully, yeah. the final and the Martian and yeah, the Martian. She's like a uh, big star. J- Jai Courtney, who uh, who was in Suicide Squad. I think he was also um, in the the new Terminator one, the recent one. Uh, and Gary Oldman. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So this picture has uh, people. It's got a stacked cast. It's got. Yeah, man, I'm not sure if it's stacked, but it's 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 got above the line people. Sure. So um, that's weird. Wow, that is like what what happened in England? Like, did they just not give it a wide release? Or I mean, that's embarrassing. I, you know what? When you're talking about single numbers of tickets sold, I don't let, let's let, let's not blame wide releases or not. That's true. Because I'm pretty sure there's plenty of like art house flicks that are only in one theater that can sell more than one ticket. And those seats, those theaters, generally speaking, as a rule, have at least you know so, more have four seats. Yeah. A few months ago, I actually did legal work on a documentary that, so it could qualify for Oscar consideration, the distributor put it in like one random movie theater in some random city in California and ran it for one showing on one day. Just so they could say it was screened in a in theaters, so it could qualify well, for the Academy Awards, and I'm pretty sure even that did more than one ticket. Well, that's like the OJ Made in America, the ESPN Thirty for Thirty. Yeah. They put it in a theater for eight days, the long the, the length of the movie, and right. it wins the Oscar. <laughs> that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to do an OJ, right? You're trying saying, to be like OJ. Even that did more than I think the Shia LaBeouf picture did. That's so embarrassing. That's like the... Uh, this happened a, f- a little while ago with that movie FIFA put out, that stupid propaganda movie that they did that sold three tickets or something in the whole world. Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> yes, exactly. Because it shows Io, crime. Oh, yeah. It's crime. I don't have the rim shot because we took it all up with other imaging, so I can't play that sound effect oh, right now. Damn it, that's fine. But um, psh, there you go. Okay, okay, all right. So that was all the goings on around down. I love that bit. Yeah. Oh. Oh! <laughs> wow. Hey, how's it going, Ryan, eh? Hey, Canada Dave. Oh, buddy, we're still doing this here? Oh, Canada Dave. Yes, Canada yes, still Dave. don't know my name. Sorry. Oh, Ryan, buddy. I, I guess I'll give you a pass because you're inconsolable with grief That's and everything. Right. That's right. Although you hide it well, buddy. And the fact that you got sunglasses and uh, Suds McKenzie right next to you, and uh, you got a banner that says, you know, oh, party time and all this sort of stuff, it it it, it got a question in it. But uh, oh, and then the music is abruptly gone. But an abrupt entrance and uh, an abrupt exit of the music. Yeah, well, kind of maybe because you're rusty on this segment, buddy. Because I haven't, I haven't, buddy. We, we haven't had a Canada Dave appearance in a while. Well, you know, buddy, it, it it's starting to thaw a bit up in Canada. Although lately, actually, maybe not so much. But uh, so you know, I haven't. The snowbirds are going back up north, so we're we're all leaving uh, your fair state. Oh, eh? yeah. Of course, you know my problem is once I uh, once I uh, leave your couch because you know I've been staying on the couch because yeah. Ryan, what what do I always say? You gotta crash on the couches, musicians. You gotta yeah yeah. But you gotta say it like me, but you, yeah yeah. You gotta, gotta crash, crash on, on the, the couches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, buddy, that you is... just said to say it like you. You can't be offended. That well, that, that was pretty racist, buddy. <laughs> that was racist against Canada. Okay, we, we, we there there are two things we don't tolerate in Canada. All right, that's maple syrup without a, a hint of beer, <laughs> and racism. <laughs> what about hosers? Oh, 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 that's, oh, I forgot about the hosers. Those are like the worst ones. That's we, that's because you don't even want to say the H word. It's like Voldemort, the ultimate hoser. There you go. Actually, I think more of the ultimate hoser is uh, Peter Pocklington still. Yeah. Remember him? No. 
You, I was just going to agree yeah, with you. Don't remember the owner of the Edmonton Oilers that traded Wayne Gretzky, the great one, away from Canada to the United States, to California. That's right. I can't believe you. You're a hoser now, too. Oh, that's that's a little harsh, don't you think? After everything I've been going through. Oh, okay. You're right. I guess not. Although seeking <laughs> seeking sympathy is, is kind of hosery, hosery, too. <laughs> um, well, so, Ryan. Yeah. You know, I, I, it seems like you're, you, you've you been down at the doldrums, except, you know, again, for, you know, the the, the weird party favors all, all around. All this window dressing, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it sort of questions me, and it, it questions the relationship you had. But uh, regardless, <laughs> I'm not a psychiatrist. God. So, buddy, I got some Canada Towns here, or do I, Ryan? Oh, good. We're going to play some Canada Town or Hoser Talk. That's right. Do, do, do you need me to explain this to people as well, kind of like uh, in the first segment? Yes, because I oh keep my telling God. my co-hosts and all the other co-hosts that you have as multiple personalities that you have to explain these games because we get new listeners each week. By the way, I would love to collaborate with the Alosaraptor. That is a great <laughs> name. And again, it worked. The, Tor- the Toronto Raptors would do wise to have Jessica Alossary, the Alosaraptor. Jessica, the Alosaraptor, Alosaraptor. It, it's kind of getting away here. There's a lot of syllables. In <laughs> fact, we, we, she should probably just change her name to Alosaraptor. That's pretty great. That's it. Just just the Alosaraptor. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> the, the Raptors should have her there sing the, the national anthem before every single game. They should. And maybe even suit up to get some a few reboards, rebounds. Boards. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said boards or, or you could have said rebounds and you strung them together. And but we're he, just wrong. I think you're not taking into account my grief in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she meant a lot to you too, did she? Oh yeah, buddy. Because God knows I crashed on the on their couch too. That's true. Because you true. gotta crash on couches. That's right. <laughs> in fact, I think I and, and and correct me if I'm wrong. Chance the rapper, he's like a really successful indie artist, right? That's right. Okay, I heard. Okay, I heard through the Canadian grapevine, or basically the Canadian Molson vine. Um. <laughs> That uh, he lives in a house made of couches. So he can always crash? Yeah. The, the supporting walls are couches. Yeah. Okay? The pool is just couches. It's just he jumps onto a bed of couches. There's not even a bed. Can it's a couch. Can you explain the game, please? What game? The game that you said you were about to play. Canada oh, yeah. Town or Hoser Talk. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to say the names of Canadian towns or, or, or am I? Because a lot of Canadian towns have silly names, and Americans don't seem to know about it, because I guess, why would you care about your neighbor to the north? We know all about you in New York City and all that, but I guess you're not going to take the time to learn all the names of uh, any towns in Nunavut or uh, British Columbia or uh, Prince Edward Island, eh? Eh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's do... All right, I'm I'm feeling good about this. I'm feeling good about it. Okay. You know, my head is... Filled with grief and completely traumatized. And so does. what better way to be able to know Canadian towns? Okay, Ryan. Ready? <laughs> yes. Kyle. Kyle? Kyle. Ooh. Um, I bet... I'm going to go ahead and say that that is a Canadian town. Okay, buddy. Run for one. You got yeah. one right there. All right. Good job, eh? Is it spelled the same way, K-Y-L-E? Yeah. Okay. Right. Scott. These are all just proper names. Scott. Um, Scott, Canada. I could see that. Yeah, that's a Canada town. 
Oh, he's two for two, folks. Yeah. All oh, right. the, the, the sadness is bringing a steely yeah. eye focus to him. Maybe he should have been doing the show in perpetual sadness for this this whole time. That's right. Just oh my goodness. All right. Yeah, okay. Let's do this. All right. I'm feeling good. Maybe we get a perfect round here. Laura. Laura Canada. Now see that doesn't that one doesn't do it for me. Uh, I'm gonna say that's hoser talk. Oh, buddy, that's in Saskatoon. Oh. No, I'm sorry, that's in Saskatchewan, not Saskatoon. But it's still a town. Wait, honest question. This is going to be super offensive. Saskatchewan and Saskatoon are not the same thing. I I misspoke. Saskatoon's a town in Saskatchewan. Okay, all right, but they're not. I guess I always thought it was just like oh, another way wow. of saying Saskatchewan. Such a Canadist. <laughs> Canadist. Going to send a, a Lassaraptor after me. All right. Or a, would a Canadist be someone who is really up to date on their Canadian stuff? That's true. Like who an knows? expert on Canada. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. All right. So you got that one wrong. Uh, Laura Saskatchewan. Yep. All right, Ryan. Marriott. Marriott. Um, Marriott. No, that's a hotel. That's hoser talk. Okay, Ryan. He said, folks. He says, he says hoser talk. He says hotel hoser talk. That's right. <laughs> but unfortunately, Ryan's the hoser here. Marriott Saskatchewan. Oh man. Are these all going to be Canada towns? Yeah. You know what the biggest hotel there is, Ryan? Hmm. Hilton. Oh. Sorry, I screwed up your joke. Ryan? Can we try it again? No. Damn it! Next one. <laughs> no, no do-overs in Canada, okay? It's right there on your flag. It says no yeah, do-overs this, here. This is sudden death overtime, okay? Oh, Sidney okay. Crosby scored on you in 2010. Deal with it. <laughs> right past Ryan Miller there. Yeah. Dude, that, that was the Olympics goaltender. joke, got it. Yeah. yeah, 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympics joke. Oh, but, buddy. Oh, speaking of sadness, yeah. no NHL players in the Winter Olympics. I heard about that. That's heartbreaking, huh? Yeah. Batman. What are you doing, Batman? Batman, you're a hoser. Oh. Yeah. Right, that, Ryan, that'll be, that's, that's, the, that's the, be the insult calling you Batman. Batman. That's like worse than a hoser. It's like oh hoser, Batman. Yeah. And like the women's players probably won't be playing either, it looks like. Oh, for the Americans, because yeah. for some reason, uh, USA Hockey doesn't want to pay them equally. That's just, oh. I wonder that's where they get that idea from. <laughs> wow. Well, you're making some strong political statements about our country. Well, I'm, 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 I'm a Canadian, buddy. Okay, I'm just observing from the outside. There you go. All right. Me and the wolves. <laughs> Ryan Radisson. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but, I mean, I think these... Like I'm noticing a pattern. I think all of these are going to be Canada towns. I'm going to say that's a Canada town. Ryan Radisson, Saskatchewan. Yes. All right. Wait, yeah. They're both in Saskatchewan. Yeah. It's just a, a province full of hotels. Well, Ryan, you live in a state full of hotels, don't you? <laughs> Wish we had the rim shot there. I know. That's yeah. But yeah, that's it's good. That's funny. That's bad producing on your part. You could yeah. have just taken away a slot that we used earlier and. Uh, Put it in there, but uh, you didn't have the foresight uh, or the brain power apparently to think about it. Thanks. Anyway, yep. <laughs> yeah, your your mom's message to Dave was also transmitted to me. Oh, I see. Via uh, uh, the, the uh, Wolfel uh, uh, email portal. Wolfel, yeah. Yeah, W mail. So, <laughs> so all so Dave and all of his alter egos. Well, like the the movie minute guy wasn't mean to me. Well, there's no game associated. That was just that's facts. Oh, I see. <laughs> and uh, sort of gossip around town. <laughs> gossip around town. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Plato. Plato. 
Um, I mean, I think I'm noticing a pattern. So I think these are all Canada towns. So I'm going to say it's Canada town. Okay, buddy. Yeah. 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 That's a good job. All eh? right. Yeah. All right. Manterio. Manterio. That's so ridiculous. It has to be true. That's a Canada town. Oh, that's from, that's in Saskatchewan, buddy. It, wow. Are these all Saskatchewan? I don't know. All right. Revenue. 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 Um, I mean, like, yeah, it's a Canada town. All of these have been Canada towns. So okay, far. that's right. Bigger, bigger, bigger. Yes, Canada town. It's funny the the slogan. So this 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 town. It's a it's a town. B i g g a r. The the town slogan, Ryan. Yeah. New York is big, but this is bigger. Ha. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's cute, right? Yeah. That's the sort of down-home folksy humor you get in Canada. You crafty Canadians. Yeah. yeah. In Miami, I don't think you have that sort of slogan. I think here it's like, New York is big, but here we got a lot of cocaine. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, buddy. You felt good about that joke as it was oh, coming. Like yeah, once yeah, that got no, into your heads, you're like, oh, this is going to slay. Okay, Ryan, right. cut knife. Cut knife? Cut knife. I feel like Canada has a billion towns with the name knife in it. So, yes, that's a Canada town. Oh, that's true, Ryan, because you got to protect yourself against the wolves. Yeah, yeah. And if the Alasaraptor isn't around to protect you, you need a knife. Oh, you yeah, with that retractable claw, Ryan. Remember Dr. Grant? He was telling us about it. You got to watch out, buddy. Okay, Dr. Grant's a national hero. <laughs> Because he protects people against the Velociraptors. Yeah, because it's going to cut you here, or here, or maybe across the belly, spilling yeah. your intestines. And Laura Dern does not like the way he's treating that boy. Well, that that, that little snock-nosed punk had a comment. I wonder if that's maybe Gary Bettman's kid or something. <laughs> okay, Ryan, witch hunt. Um, I mean, these are, like, you've planned this poorly. These have all been Canada towns, so this one is also a Canada town. Ryan, that's a Rush song. Oh, damn it! You got me. Oh. oh, it cuts like a velociraptor's claw in my belly. Oh, like cut knife Saskatchewan. Like cut knife Saskatchewan. Yes, if if, if, if for all those for all these uh, keen-eared listening or listeners, who, I don't know, <laughs> all you've recognized that these towns are all in Saskatchewan, and Saskatchewan, of course, has the uh, province abbreviation of SK. Anyway. Uh, that's uh, it for the show for uh, Canada Town or Hoser Talk. Uh, I'll be oh, there's the music. Finally, I was I was wondering when he was going to get around to it. Well, that's it. I gotta go back up uh, north and see what damage uh, the wolves have done to the cabin. They like to squat, Ryan, and uh, get my scent, oh, yeah. and uh, sort of get ideas, sort of based on me and my personality and knickknacks in terms of ways to torture me and everything. They they've done it before. Well, they had a whole ruse where they sort of uh, read my journals and everything and created a, a false woman for me to fall in love with. Turns out it was actually two wolves in a coat. <laughs> <laughs> Got out of there by the skin of my teeth. Uh, or their teeth, actually. It took some skin away. <laughs> Our thanks to Canada, Canada Dave. Canada Thank Dave, you. Yes. Uh, for another humiliating segment for me of Canada Towner Hoser Talk. And of course, our thanks to Jessica Alossary, the Alossaraptor, for joining us, you can check out her blog, thelovelyindie.com. My thanks to you as always, Dave. Oh, of course. My thanks to you, buddy. Great show. Thank you, buddy. We and will... to our number one fan. Yes, indeed. Uh, we have dedicate this uh, uneven show to her. <laughs> and yeah. we'll see you next week on the Break the Business Podcast.
Support public schools. 